Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregson sits down for a conversation with a couple of teens from Heartlight. Heartlight is a residential counseling center started by Mark and his wife, Jan, that creates an arena of change for both teens and parents. Let's hear from a couple of Heartlight's teens today. Meredith, thanks for being a part of the program. You're sitting there smiling, looking at me going, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I am a little. I know, oh. I know. Hey, tell me, where? I mean, you're at Heartlight. How did you get to Heartlight? Well, I got to Heartlight in a car. I drove yeah. from Amarillo. Lots of different events happened leading up to my coming, yeah. but... The most important one was that I tried to commit suicide a week before I came. Wow. Yes. And what was going through your head on that thing? Well, me and my stepmother, Sherry, we got in a huge fight. She was yelling. I was yelling. And I was sick and tired of her telling me over and over again how many times I was a burden and I should be ashamed and that she hated me. So I thought that... I really, my life didn't mean anything. Wow. And I really thought that my life should end. Uh, that's kind of a shock to me. I mean, <laughs> you were sitting here looking at me smiling. You're a beautiful young lady that is full of life. And somebody's telling you that that your life should end. And I'm going, you think you think she meant to say those things? No, I truly believe that she says mean things like that out of anger or frustration, but that's how every encounter is. She's never relaxed. She's always stressed. She's never in a good mood. Well, I mean, if she is, then that is a very rare moment. Yeah, you just don't see it a whole lot. I never see it. Wow. Wow. Yes. And so, I mean, was that just a one-time happening, or has has other stuff been going on for a while? Um. Okay, so prior to me trying to commit suicide, I started doing drugs and having sex, and mm. I just tried to get whatever pleasure out of life I could, and probably not in the best ways. Yeah, yeah. I definitely was depressed and anxious a lot. And because of those things, I definitely changed. I really was in a dark place. Okay, so depression and anxiety. And so you're just looking for a way out of that? Yes, to mask it or try and cope with it. But I coped with it in terrible, awful ways. That hurt my life more than it helped. So big consequences for stuff. Huge consequences. Yeah. Did your stepmom feel like there needed to be more consequences? Of course uh, she to does. To correct you and yes. you know that if I if we can just duct tape you to the wall or you know or do shave your head or do <laughs> cut off fingers or something then then that will stop your behavior. Yes, all of that. All of that. I she really liked the whole total lockdown thing. <laughs> the no door, no TV, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no person space kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I feel like because she did that, I wanted to 
um, rebel yeah. or be more defiant. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's just how it really played wow. out. Okay. So it's your stepmom. Where's your real mom? Okay. Um, I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I was born, and then my mom and my dad got a divorce when I was six. Okay. My dad married Sherry, my okay. stepmother, when I was nine years old. Yeah. I switched off between the both of them, my stepmom and my dad, and then my real mom. Right. My real dad, my dad, he died in 2010. I was 12. He had stomach cancer. And he died six months after he found out he had cancer. Wow. And then wow. this past, not this past December, but the December before that, my mom died on Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so here's Sherry trying to control things. Yes. And so she's frustrated. Mm-hmm. Did anybody ever put things together that maybe you're going through other stuff, that something else is going on besides just having sex with somebody and doing drugs, that maybe there's something else behind all of that? Sherry has sent me to counseling for the past six years. And I've really tried to get deep and like handle what I've been going through and the grief that I'm feeling and stuff like that. But as soon as I get home and I want to talk to Sherry about it or tell anybody about it, Sherry tells me her favorite motto is fake it till you make it. Mm. So at home, there we weren't allowed to cry. We weren't allowed to feel sad. We really had to be perfect yeah. all the time. And it was really hard. You know what? She sounds like she was raised in West Texas or in the South. <laughs> Because cause I was born in West Texas, yes. and uh, I was raised in the South, and that's kind of the mentality, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't matter what's going on, appear to be well, and everything will be okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that doesn't work with kids. It, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. Well, she was born in Amarillo, or she was born in California, lived in Amarillo, but she wasn't an orphan. She had no parents. So... I feel like she wants her life to be perfect now because yeah. her life wasn't yeah. perfect then. You know what's interesting is that I go, you know, that for anybody to want their life to be perfect, that's not a bad thing. No. It's just how it's fleshed out. And, and for someone to not know how to deal with what she's had to deal with, I mean, it is kind of an odd position that it puts her in too. And, and I'm not defending her. I'm no, just going, yeah. I'm always trying to think of the feelings behind things or what's going on because had I not asked even, okay, tell me what went on in your life, I wouldn't hear about your mom and hear about your dad and what's going on. And that that's a big part of it, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge part. Are it plays you lo- a big role. Are you lonely? Very. You just feel like a real alone? Yes. I feel like everybody has someone and the world's going on and I'm just in my own little bubble and wow. I'm on the sidelines cheering everyone on. Wow. And so you get missed a lot. I very frequently. Really? <laughs> yes. Sherry loves Matthew, which is my brother. Yeah. Um, gives him a ton of attention, and she just lets me go. But then when I do something that I what maybe wasn't supposed to do or I didn't go above and beyond, then her anger flushes me away, and it is yeah. so exaggerated and... Awful. Yeah. 
So, can you say that you love her? Honestly, no. Yeah, think she loves you. Um, I think she likes the idea of it. Yeah. Well, it's better than not liking the idea, right? It's you know, I, you know, when you go through a tough time, you know, I think it always confuses relationships because I think in tough times people do things that they wouldn't normally do. I mean, and if you know, and if she's faced with something, you know, she doesn't know how to handle it, and then you're faced with something and you're doing stuff that you wouldn't normally do, you kind of go. I mean, it has an amazing way of damaging relationships. And yes, and our relationship is very damaged. Yeah. Well, my hope is that we can help repair a lot of that while we're here and stuff. I think you will. Yeah. I think Heartlight is a great place for us to try and rebuild our relationship. Yeah. Or if there even is a relationship to rebuild. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go back. I mean, your your dad dies, your your mom dies, and... and um, yeah, so you start doing other things, yes. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, did you ever come to a point when you're kind of experimenting or being curious about stuff that you went, this isn't working? Yes. Really? Okay. Tell me All about that. All the time. And so, okay, I started out with just liking attention, yeah. attention period. And then I said, wow, this really isn't filling any gaps. And I moved on to boy attention and yeah. sexual ways. That really didn't fill the hole either. I started doing drugs, which ended up like numbing the pain for a little bit, but it was At least you got some relief. I got some relief. Yeah. And then it would wear off, and then I feel like I felt 10 times worse than I did before. Wow. And then drugs really wasn't the best way, and then I started drinking heavily every weekend, or every chance I could, yeah. even at home. And I was like out of it all the time. I lost friends. I lost myself. I was broken. And really, I just needed to face what I was going through. Yeah. Well, it looks like you're facing it now. I am. You feel better or you feel worse because you have to face it? Well, it's a bittersweet moment because nobody wants to face their problems. Nobody wants yeah, to go through yeah. those hard times, but you have to go through the hard times to get to better times. Yeah. And so it's definitely hard, but I I feel a lot better than I had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think your dad and your mom would be very proud of you, you know, for getting through things. And my hope for you is that that Sherry will be very proud of you, and you'll be proud of her also as you get through this dark time. I mean, I believe that people are put together for a reason, you know, and if that's the case, then there's some reason behind why you have a stepmom. And right, that's kind of right. cool, you know yes. what I mean? And so you go, okay, so what does that mean? What does that look like? What's it look like five years from now? Maybe not today, but five years from now, that kind of thing. So yeah. I hope you can resolve it. Well, honestly, thank you so much. <laughs> I really kind of needed to hear that lately. Yeah, no. Well, good. Well, thanks for being on the program today. Oh, of course. You bet. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> when I became a grandparent, I realized there was a part of my heart that I'd never known. I thought my heart was already full. Wasn't I surprised? when I embraced the joy of being a grandparent and could love in a greater capacity.
And I longed to have the same relationship with my grandchildren when they turned into teens, a time that most adolescents pass on their grandparents. The reason grandparents are living longer these days is because they're needed in the lives of their teen grandchildren to offer wisdom, to give encouragement, and to help them make it through those oftentimes troublesome adolescent years. The Grandparenting Small Group Curriculum, Leaving a Legacy of Hope, is a perfect set of lessons for those grandparents who want to remain engaged in the life of their teen grandchildren. Filmed at Amy Grant's farm in Franklin, Tennessee, this small group series is one of my favorite as I share insights and wisdom about the role of grandparents and how they can connect and make some memories before they lose theirs. Ten lessons, complete with a book of the same title, this series is a must for any small group of folks over the age of 45. Great material, thought-provoking ideas, with plenty of time for beneficial discussion. You can find this Leaving a Legacy of Hope curriculum series at grandparentingteens.com. That's grandparentingteens.com. Mia, thanks for being on the program. No problem. Thank hey, you. Hey, you're from Canada. Yeah. I mean, like, you guys have radios and stuff up in Canada? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But how far do you live north of the U.S. border? Um, not very far. I just live right above Montana. You think teenagers are just as messed up up there as they are down here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. Okay, you, you got to Heartlight for some reason. Yeah. How did you end up at Heartlight? Well... For being honest, a hospital was like me. You have to go to a long-term program. And so my parents started looking, and they remember this place called Heartlight. Yeah. Where they had been to a family in crisis the year before. And they were like, I think that sounds like a good place to send me a... Yeah. So why were you in the hospital? Because I tried to commit suicide. Why did you try to commit suicide? I just felt like so alone in the world, you know? Like, in, in what way? I don't know, just like I felt completely lost. Like I didn't think I had purpose or like anybody liked me. Like I was just like. I mean, did you really feel like nobody liked you at all? Were you not getting along with people or? No, I got bullied pretty bad and had some like pretty tough relationships, I guess. With guys or with girls? I guess with everybody, like my relationship with my mom wasn't good and I had an abusive relationship with like my past boyfriend and. Wow. Yeah. And when do you, I mean, when you look back and go, okay, it started when I was this age. When did that start? That you started going, okay, I'm, I'm realizing that something isn't normal here. I don't know, probably when I was about 11. Wow. Was yeah. there something that happened when you were 11 that you kind of go, hey, it's different? I mean, that's middle school. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think middle school's tough on everybody? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I mean, I think everybody begins to learn that the world isn't as perfect as they were led to believe, and they start to see things different, and people see them different, and yeah. as a result, they change a little bit. But, but I mean, but you saw it then. Did you start going to school every day thinking, God, this is just really different. I don't, I just don't like this, or? I don't know. I think it, like, started when I got, like, I started getting bullied, and I was like, I don't want to go to school. Like, I don't have any friends. Like, I just can't get there and people are going to be mean to me. Yeah. And how would they be mean to you? I don't know. They would, like, 
They would call me really like bad names, and they would like exclude me. Exclude you? Like, do you play like Red Rover, Red Rover in Canada? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we always, you know, it was always funny that the games when you choose up people to be on sides. You know, you'd always see people getting left out. Mm -hmm. Were you always the one left out? Not in, like, sports, because I was pretty athletic, but, yeah. like, in, like, like when it actually mattered, like, at recess, I guess, like, yeah. people would, like, run away from me, and I'd just be like, what? Yeah. So yeah. where would you go with that when you come home? What would you do when you get home and, and think about how you were treated at school? I don't know. I'd just kind of shut down. I would just, like, like envelop myself, like, in a book so that I didn't have to think about it anymore. I just watch TV and read books all the time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of a lack of social interaction, but more just, okay, I can, I can get lost in this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when did, you, when did you start to realize that TV and books wasn't going to solve it and that it, and it was getting worse? When did that, when did that <laughs> when come along? When I got along? here. <laughs> really? No, just kidding. But for like the past like, how, like five years, I have used books as like a way to escape, you know? Wow. Like it would just like always be that thing that was there, you know, it was concrete. Like I could just get lost in something. Yeah. But no relationships with people. I mean, when you think about home now, do you think about relationships with with other friends or anything? Mm hmm You got a bunch of them or a few of them? I got a few close friends. Yeah. Mm hmm Good. Good. Okay, so how did your parents respond to you when you were going through all this? My dad wasn't home very often because he owns his own restaurant. So And restaurant keeps you busy. I mean, you work yeah. from 3 o'clock in the afternoon when you get out of school all the way till midnight, 1 o'clock, right? Yeah, like he owns it, so he'd be there from like 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So I didn't, I didn't really know my dad growing up, I guess. I don't know. I guess my mom was like really depressed. She didn't really see that I was struggling. Yeah. So they were doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, not intentionally ignoring yeah. you, but just doing what comes natural for them. Yeah. And maybe didn't pay attention to you when you were struggling through things. Yeah. Do you think the suicide thing was that was that point that, that you tried to get somebody's attention, or was it just something that you just wanted to get life over with? It wasn't really attention for me because I didn't like the attention it was just I was done with life I didn't like think that I could continue I didn't even think that there was going to be any future for me I was like it's it's always going to be like this you know if it's going to be like this then I don't want to be a part yeah kind of thing mm -hmm. okay so do you remember when your parents came in after the suicide attempt and you're at a hospital what do they say to you now when you talk about how it used to be? They say I've changed a lot. Yeah. Well, you have. You have. You've mm -hmm. changed a lot. So. Yeah. Why do you think you've changed a lot? I don't know. Like, I can have good relationships now. Like, I'm still afraid, like, putting myself in those bad relationships, but I know when to, like, back it up and, like, not get too involved, I guess. Mm. Like, I know what a good relationship is now. And I'm happy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I got here, I was, like, so depressed. Like, suicide was on my mind, like, all the time. And now I'm like, eee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me ask. Do you think horses has something to do with that? Yeah. Okay, why do you think you connect with horses so much? 
I don't know. Horses just got me through like the toughest time of my life. Wow. Like I started riding when I was like 15 maybe like and it got me through yeah. the last like year of my life till I got here like wow. is the only thing. Wow. Okay, so what could you, your parents have done different to help you when you were going through that time? What do you wish that they would have seen or would have gone, hey, hey, Mia, we got to do something different here? I wish they would have been able to talk about it. Hmm. They just swept everything under the rug. Like, it was one suicide attempt, like, got put in the hospital. I faked it, and they believed it, that I was all right again. And you really weren't. Yeah. So was there a second time? Mm-hmm. And that's like when I came here, I guess. Yeah. Like I've been in the hospital three times. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're doing well. Yeah. You're, you know, you can see it in the houses. You can see it the way you engage with other people, your relationships yeah. with the staff, your relationships with everybody, your love for the mm -hmm. horses. And, <laughs> and you know, it's funny because when I see your parents come back and embrace you and around you, I know they see it as well. Yeah. And so um, we're pretty thankful for that. They're and really we're thankful happy. for you as well. <laughs> Thanks. You bet. Hey, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you, Mark. You bet. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.